mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from the first chapter of Luke. The angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. I have found, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Dear friends of Christ, God's kingdom, it's all about his kingdom. And right now the Bible says this is the kingdom of darkness. This is the kingdom of sin, of death, of brokenness, of tears, of sadness, of pain, and sickness, and suffering. Not a great kingdom. We enjoy this life. It's a good life. But at times, indeed, it reveals its ugly head for the kind of kingdom that it really is, a kingdom that eventually will end in death, a kingdom that eventually will end in the grave. And God says, I'm bringing another kingdom. A kingdom in which one will reign. A kingdom in which one will reign over all things forever and ever. And an angel comes to this virgin Mary and says, the one in your womb is the one who will usher in this kingdom. I want you to think about all the centuries that the people of Israel had to wait for this coming king. Oh, they called him the Messiah. Think about all those years they waited and waited. The first promise of the Messiah is found in Genesis 3.15, where God told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right after they'd fallen into sin, that God was going to send a seed from the woman. The seed, one seed, one descendant from Eve who would take up his kingdom and crush Satan's head. After the flood in about 2200 B.C., this promise of a Messiah was repeated again. The kingdom is coming. This time he gave it the promise to Abraham. And then the promise was repeated to Isaac. And the promise again was repeated to Jacob. And about a thousand years later, God picks up this same messianic promise and he gives it to King David. And says, out of your throne will arise a king. A king to rule in a kingdom. A coming Messiah. And again, this promise, this messianic promise, was repeated over and over again throughout all the ages of all the prophets. And finally, the last messianic promise was given through the prophet Malachi in the year 435 B.C. And then silence. No kingdom, no Messiah, no word from God. Just an oppressive silence. Had God finally had enough? Was he not going to keep his promise? Was his kingdom truly not going to come? And we would be just stuck in the land of darkness, stuck in sickness and pain and suffering and death and tears, where there would be no hope. Will there be no future beyond this? Silence. Silence. 
oppressive silence. No word, no oracle, no prophet. Had he forgotten his promise? Our theme for this morning, God breaks the silence. If you were a Jew back in the days before Christ, because of this prophetic silence, it would have been very hard to keep the faith because you hadn't heard from God in so long. It's hard to trust in promises that are given centuries before. It's hard to trust in a promised king that just never comes. I mean, where had God been when Israel was going through all the difficult times, all those challenging times for 400 years of silence, and the Greeks had conquered them, and the Romans had conquered them, and no king to save them, no kingdom to come. Now, sure, as believers, we understand we're sinful, and we understand our sins are a stench into the nostril of our Lord, and we understand why he might not come. We would understand why he would desire not to come be among the land of darkness, because if he comes in his kingdom into the land of darkness, he will be in the land of darkness, and the light, the darkness will try to snuff it out. Can understand why he wouldn't want to come. 400 years, not a word. Can you imagine? And that's why the people started living like heathen. That's why they started living like they were in a land of darkness. All the believers were giving up, they were getting tired of the silence, getting tired of worshiping a God who would not prove himself. And that's why the prophecy Isaiah came true. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, a light has shone. And the psalmist says, and the people were sitting in the land of the shadow of death. But had God really been silent? No more silent then than he has been today, right? And they had the, 30, uh, the 39 books of the Old Testament. They had the scriptures that were read in the temple. They had the scriptures that were read in the synagogues. They had the opportunity to hear the promise. They had the opportunity to believe. The king is coming. A Messiah will be born. And his reign will last forever and forever, and his kingdom will be great, much greater than his ancestor, King David. But for the most part, they didn't listen to those words, did they? They, they lived like people do today, and they ignore God's word. They deny God, they deny his power. They believe what they want to believe, they do what they want to do. A stubborn, thick-necked people filled with stubbornness and unbelief. And they denied God's truth. It's just as Paul wrote in Romans, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. 
And yet the Lord didn't withhold his promises from them. Though they lived in the land of darkness, the silence was about to be broken. The light was about to shine. A light stirring deep within the bosom of the land of darkness. A tiny heart beginning to beat. A messianic age was giving birth. A new kingdom was arising. And it was coming to a peasant girl. It was coming to a little girl named Mary who was 14 years old. In her day, at her age, ready for marriage. Of course, little 14-year-olds of our day, certainly we wouldn't even begin to think about sending them off to marriage, but not so with Mary, not so with the 14-year-old girls in that day. And this 14-year-old girl was different. She had found favor with God. She had a devout faith. She had a devout trust in God. She had a messianic hope. She was looking forward to this king and this kingdom to come. And she believed. Despite the unbelieving world around her, despite living in a land of darkness, this one Mary rose up with a faith so bright. She believed. She was pure. And she was chaste, virgin pure, awaiting the day when she would take her husband as her own. And that day would come because she was engaged to a man named Joseph who also was looking forward to the coming kingdom. And soon they would be legally married. By human standards, neither Mary nor Joseph were particularly important people. They were just common people. They lived in a little village of Nazareth. Nothing important happened there. Nothing ever important came out of Nazareth. Jerusalem is where all the action was. Jerusalem is where all the important people were. That's where the temple was. That's where all the worship centered upon is in Jerusalem. That's where the priests and the scholars were. But in Nazareth, peasant people. But despite their low estate, God's archangel, the mighty angel of God, some of the most powerful of all of God's creation. One of them showed up in Nazareth. His name was Gabriel. God sent him on a mission. Appear to Mary. Speak to her. And in the very moment that that angel spoke, the silence, that oppressive silence for 400 years was broken. And God speaks. Mary, you will give birth to a son. He is the one who comes in the line of King David. And his kingdom will be great, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And it comes in a miraculous way. In a virgin birth. A virgin will conceive. Gabriel said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. Be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Certainly Mary's child would be like no other. 
he would be born of her being true man. He would be born of God being true God. And being true God and being true man, then our Savior. Mary pondered these things. She pondered them in her heart. Could it be true? The Messiah coming from me, the King, and the kingdom being ushered through me. She says, I am your humble servant. Let it be to me as you have spoken. And what a miracle it was. God was coming to earth. It was a miracle. God loves sinners. These people living in a land of darkness, the light desires to come. These people living in sin and sickness and pain and suffering and death, the light desires to come forth that he might suffer, that he might die in this land of darkness and rise again to come. And when he does come in his final coming to usher in a kingdom where there is no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sickness, no more tears, no more death, a story like no other, a story of redemption, a story of love. And he comes not because we're good, but because he's good. And he comes not because we're lovely, but because he comes to make us lovely. St. Paul writes, God demonstrates his love toward us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A kingdom in the land of darkness. A light shining. But back to our text. God broke that messianic silence when Gabriel announced the coming that Mary would give birth. And a short time later, she conceived. A little tiny heart began to beat within her womb. A little infant heart, so small, and yet the heart of God, the heart of a king. In due time, Joseph would learn about the truth. So would Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And so now we travel to Bethlehem. And God is ready to, re- to break that oppressive silence once again to the whole world. Christ is born. Who will be the first to hear? And the angels appear. And they begin to speak. And who do they go to? Do they go to the kings of the world? No, to the shepherds. They go first to the shepherds, to the lowly. Like Mary and Joseph, lowly. Like the baby Jesus born in a manger, lowly. This king will be king for all the people. For all those who are oppressed and and broken. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. For behold, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thirty years later, he was baptized. He started his public ministry to preach and teach and heal. God had kept his promise. The king was here. The king was walking among the people. God had sent his son. A savior had been given to the world so that the world would be rescued from the kingdom of darkness. And a light shined and the people 
who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone, and the silence is now vanquished forever. And you say, but the silence is not vanquished. God has been silent for 2,000 years. We haven't heard a thing from him. Not one prophet, not one new message. We haven't heard anything from him since Jesus ascended into heaven. So we might as well just go about our lives. We might as well just start living in this land of darkness and living like the land of darkness and being the type of people that live in the land of darkness, people who are broken, people who have no hope, people who have no future. But God is not silent. God comes to you. And He comes to you in His Word. He does speak to you. He speaks to you in the Scripture. Every time you read His Word, every time you study His Word, the light shines. He has come. Satan can't take away His coming. And Satan can't take away His coming again. Read about this king, and you'll learn about the greatest story ever told, the greatest love story ever told. You'll learn about a rescuer, one who rescues far greater than any other, a hero of the people. Read the story, and you'll learn that if you believe in him, you will live forever in the presence of God, and you will dwell in his kingdom forever which has no end and there will be a day where just as he rose from the grave so also will you rise from the grave for this coming king will call your name and your body will come out of your grave and then you will be ascended to him in heaven he will make a new heaven and a new earth and a new kingdom where there's no sin in your body and there's no sin in your soul and there's no sin in the universe and he puts you on that on that earth and you will be his people and he will be your god and in that kingdom the first will be last and the last will be first. And the greatest will be the, servant, the greatest servant of all. Our Lord Jesus Christ. But no matter where you live in God's coming kingdom, you'll be there. Because God has spoken that truth into your heart. And you cling to that truth. You live and die by that truth. And he speaks that truth into your heart and he's broken the silence of unbelief. And he's claimed you to be his own and sent you a savior. And that's the real meaning of Christmas, isn't it? God breaks the silence. And it's all about a real person. It's all about Jesus. In this 500th anniversary of the Reformation of Martin Luther and the nailing of the 95 Thesis, our theme for this year is it's still all about Jesus. And here in Advent and here in the coming Christmas day, it still rings true. His is not a temporal kingdom. It's an eternal one. A perfect one. And Gabriel announced, Jesus will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Listen, we live in a world where everything is falling apart around us. 
and everything will completely fall apart in the end. But one thing will never end. One thing will never fail. And that's a proclamation of our King and His kingdom for His people. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.